Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world, we round the net. So get ready and get set. Cause we make it look easy, no sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Oh, yeah. Welcome to episode 72 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to get voice to your inner geek. My inner geek is still rusty. <laughs> My uh, inner geek had an hour and a half drive back in the middle of a storm. And yeah, I'm, I'm rusty and I will uh, admit that I'm rusty to the point where I forgot my own process of everything, like putting together my... You know, my, uh, do you have this outline and all that stuff? Yeah, I did that. Okay. What I almost did though is call this episode 71 again <laughs> because I looked at the files out of order that I know in, in, in the, my normal <laughs> process. And I was like, Oh, we just did episode 70. Okay. Well, I'll label this one episode 71. I was like, wait a minute. And then I started looking through and like, this isn't, this isn't my agenda from last week. <laughs> episode 71.5. <laughs> so I did clarify that before. Uh, got going. I don't, we probably don't have anybody in Mixler yet. Nobody. Oh, so disappointing after the last time. I know. <laughs> it was like, it was a record high, both I in know. terms of people and interaction. Yeah. I just want to uh, remind people that we are on Mixler and somebody just retweeted that we're live on Mixler right now. So <laughs> maybe some people will come, but it was also kind of, I mean, we had a, a nice turnout last time, which was great. Thank you very much for coming and hanging out with us on Mixler. But we also had a bunch of people follow us now on Mixler. So woohoo! that was cool. So a bunch of people should have gotten an email tonight, letting them know we're live. But of course, every other Tuesday at 6 PM is what we're shooting for. And two in a row. Two so in a row. <laughs> we're almost to a habit-forming number. <laughs> we have a sponsored shout-out. So our sponsored shout-out is from Yukon Salon, a fast, funny card game of lumberjack beards and grizzly bear hairdos for two to four players of all ages on Kickstarter now. And you can go to yukonsalon.com, and that'll take you right over to the Kickstarter page. I don't really have anything else for general. So with that, should we go to game review? Yes, let us. <laughs> and who is the game review brought to by tonight, Jeff? Our game review is sponsored by Timothy D. So thank you, Timothy, for sponsoring us over on Patreon. And let us talk about games like XCOM the board game, which is what we're going to be reviewing this evening. Whether you want it or not. <laughs> it's too bad Nate 
isn't here like he thought he was going like well, to Well, you know, be, you he know? gave us our quick and dirty last time. I so. know, but I was going to let him like chime in through the whole process here since he played uh, this with us several times. Um, we should have arranged for him to call in. Should have. That would have been great planning last week. <laughs> <laughs> You're assuming we knew what we were reviewing last week. <laughs> Don't destroy the mystique. <laughs> we planned this more than six hours in advance. <laughs> So we're Which gonna, one are we doing tonight, Jeff? Yeah, exactly. We had we we knew roughly. We had options. We had we had a choice of two. <laughs> we had options. Technically, we could have gone three. We did play another game the other night, so we did. Yeah. Oh yes. No, we've already done because we did love letter and love letter to Carl too. But we didn't do the Archer version. Well, that's true. <laughs> All right. All right. We have two more games. <laughs> so XCOM, the board game. Let's see. We aren't going to go full into like step-by-step processing because this is a game that is mostly run by the app. You have to have the app on your phone or tablet. I think, I, do they have like a web version? I think they do. So you might be able to do it on the laptop as well, or I think. I don't recall that. Yeah. If they do that, passed me by. I thought it was strictly Android. You can and you can also access the app from most internet browsers by going to xcomtheboardgame.com. Cool. So you can play it with a laptop, <clears throat> which we'll get to in a little while. While that might be a decent idea as well. So <clears throat> the app. Then one person doesn't spend two hours cranking their <laughs> wrist to hold it up. Well, there's that, and you. I don't know. Depends. I suppose with a laptop, some people don't ever plug in. It might have a better battery life with the laptop. Is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> so, um, again, you do have to have the app for XCOM, the board game. I think this is our first foray into an app-related board game. Can't remember us reviewing. We haven't reviewed one. anything else. That, I have played the most recent Mansions of Madness, right. though. And I've played some things that have an app to help, but they're not required. Necessarily, although there was one that it should be. (laughs) So this one is the app is required. It's going to give you basically what you're going to do step by step. And I don't remember the base steps, but the thing to remember is the base steps you may only get to do like once, like in in order. Mm -hmm. Because depending on what happens during your turn, the very next turn, and I think it's specifically around UFOs being in orbit. Yep. If you still have UFOs in orbit, by the time the next turn comes around, it's going to scramble everything and you're going to get things out of order. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you're going to be maybe researching a phase, so specifically like around the research, because you got three spots that you can put research in. So you might end up not getting a chance to put something in research spot two before the option to, no, because that's resolution. It may not come up. It may not come up. I don't think all three necessarily come up. Something like that. Or you might have to put out soldiers. Your spawns will be different. Before, yeah, other spawns come out and stuff like that. So, I mean, it can scramble up. But you do have four roles, and this is a one-to-four player game because you can play solo if you want. So depending on how many players. do it. I don't know. This wouldn't be a horrible solo. So depending on how many. I think it would get even more frustrating than the video game (laughs) solo really, really fast. That's just me. Oh, I guess it depends on on what you play on it too. You play it on one of the modes where you can't pause it or something like that. That might suck. 
Anyway, so you have four roles, uh, and depending on the number of players, you're going to have one or more roles that you have to take on. You've got the commander who's responsible for tracking the budget and deploying interceptors. Mm-hmm. And we'll have some cards and stuff that they can potentially play and work off of as well. Chief scientist who is responsible for researching the technology. That's where I was talking a little bit earlier about having the three spots where you can do research and also upgrades for the rest of the XCOM forces. So there are things in their card pile that they get that can help the other players do things. But, and really there's a lot of good stuff for soldiers for this, for the soldier side of things. The central officer is responsible for controlling the app and relaying important information. And I thought they had one. Do they do the UFOs or what? I think doesn't the central officer the train? No, that's the commander as the, well. No, the um, they do satellites. That's, yes, that's what it yes. is. Satellites. They do the satellites. And then the squad leader is responsible for the XCOM forces, or your military troops, your soldiers that are going to go out and defending the base. So they are. Basically, yeah, defending the base and going on missions with the soldiers that are supplied. So they take care of, like, the groundwork, and then the commander takes care of, like, the the in-the-sky. Because we talked about sending out interceptors, and you're going to send out interceptors basically to go after UFOs, either not in orbit, because that's satellites, uh, but around the globe. Around the globe. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll put them out to try to combat the UFOs that are coming out. All right. And so each... Role has a bunch of basically cards that they can use for that specific role and, and ways, different ways they can put them out. Like research, a lot of theirs is through research, which is going to be like die roll specific. You have to get so many successes depending on how many researches you put to it. And I think one of, one of the tie in points here is going back to the budget control. Everything kind of sur- is surrounding that budget you get. So every time the the scientist puts a researcher out, that costs money. Every time a soldier gets deployed, that costs money. Every time an interceptor goes out, that costs money, and so on. So you have a limited amount of funds that you have to watch, and you can go over, but it's not necessarily the greatest it's thing to do. Bad. It's bad to go over. <laughs> yeah. Maybe early on, but when we tried it, <laughs> late game going over the budget, not, not, not advisable. Not a good thing. So the one, the, the couple phases that we can say that always happen are your timed phase, mm-hmm. which is where all the, these actions happen that have to be timed. So that's where you put out your, you put out your troops, you put out your research, you put out your, your interceptors, all that stuff. It's all timed. And depending on how, what level you're playing at. So there's tutorial easy up to whatever they call it, but basically tutorial and easy allow you. Tutorial is basically going to pause for you mm-hmm. because you, it's, you're reading the rules as you go. So that might be your first playthrough. Easy is not going to pop the rules up and pause for you, but it will allow you to pause and, and stop the timer if you want to. And then I think from, you know, normal up, I don't think you can pause. I can't remember if you can pause. In I don't normal. think so. I think at uh, that point it's, yeah. uh, and there are, there are bad consequences for not getting stuff done in the time as well because it kind of bleeds into the next piece where it either does something bad or it takes some of your time away from the next thing you have to do. So you definitely want to try to get within the time. That you, and, and depending on what it is, some of these things aren't going to give you a whole lot of time. Now, the, the really easy one is 
that's not going to give you a lot of time is when the re- the scientist has to draw research cards. Mm-hmm. You draw up to a certain amount. I think it's four or five, something like that. And then you're done. But you don't have a lot of time to do that. You don't have time to go, uh, what are they? You know, you just, I draw my cards. Hit the done. timer. I'm done. <laughs> Let's go to the next thing. But then there's this bit of interaction too that you got to, you got to watch out for because you want, I think almost everybody wants to give a little bit of input on what's going on, but there's not a lot of time to do that. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, like as the researcher, cause I played the researcher or the scientist, you, you pull those cards, you, you got to try to find time to look at them, but still give your feedback. Yep. While before the research phase comes <clears throat> up, that's timed where you have to put one out where, but you get a little more time. But it's still a pretty tight time frame, I think. Yeah, overall. you got to be thinking about what you want to recommend, right? While <laughs> other people are also <laughs> shouting it. Ah! Right, and when you put out a research card, you are, you're also assigning scientists to it to research it. If with, I let you, right? Well, you, you're not 100. percent you, you know, you wa- you watch the budget. It doesn't say that you like actually. Control, <laughs> completely control. Which, oh, if the tokens are on my side <laughs> of the table. Which, by the way, that was something I was going to mention. If you do have an alpha player in your group, you might not want to let them be the guy in charge of the budget. <laughs> Nate. <laughs> so so you've got your timed phase. Everything's going to be timed there. Again, lower levels, you can pause that. But you know, at some point, you might get used to not doing that. And then you have your resolution phase, which is not timed, and that's where you solve everything that that you did basically while you were scurrying to save time and money. <laughs> so you see, did you did you put troops out well for your missions or for defending the base? Did you get the interceptors in the right space? That's another thing too that we, we talked about how it could get scrambled. Having to put interceptors out before the UFOs come out can be a pain. <laughs> that sucks. Because you want your interceptors in the right place. You want to try to get rid of as many UFOs as you can. And then in the res- resolution phase, almost everything comes down to kind of like die rolls at that point. You get di- you get the, the dice that'll potentially have your successes on them. And then you get an alien die that goes against the threat level, mm-hmm. I think it was. And you can continue to roll as much as you want. But every time you do a new roll, the threat level goes up. And the threat die... Basically equates to, does it is it equal or lower? Equal or lower, yes. Equal or lower. If you get equal or lower than what the threat level is, you basically screwed the pooch there, <laughs> and you probably lost all of your troops with what you were doing at the time, or you lost all your UFOs or something like that. So you're gonna you're gonna lose a bunch of stuff to the recruitment pool, so you have to buy it back later, which again, money tight. <laughs> It, it gets to a point, especially in mid to late game, where it gets harder and harder to buy stuff out of the recruitment pool. Yeah, it does. So you, you know, you, you gotta, it's that push your luck of, do I stop now? <laughs> or do I keep going? Yeah, cause there, there's no penalty to not doing a, not completing a mission necessarily, right. but you still don't want to let it drag and drag. Right. But there is a little bit for not defending the base. Oh, for and, the base, yes. But there's also the leaving mission. UFOs out and stuff like that. Well, yeah. But I'm just talking about <laughs> right, for, for the mission. For, right. So again, that's it, all of that kind of stuff happens in the resolution phase, which is not timed, and then you kind of go on from there. You mm-hmm. know, like so you uh, you'll use the app to adjust where your panic, I believe it is. Yes. Uh, which each continent where they are in the panic meter. 
which adjusts some of the things like you'll you know if, if certain ones get too panicked your budget starts going down because they're not funding you as much anymore mm-hmm. things like that so let's see overall components we get a bunch of cards you get uh mission cards which are randomized so you don't know how they're going to come up you get in the base game five invasion plan cards which when you start the app it's going to randomly tell you which one you're using i think the tutorial is always the same yeah i think so but after that they're going to randomize these so again you have different invasion plans which you're trying to conquer which is your end game win whatever when the plan finally pops because it's up it's on the app the app tells you when to flip it over Mm -hmm. that's your last mission if you can get that mission completed you win and of course, like most co-ops, there are multiple ways to lose. If you lose your base, if the uh, panic track, I think if, is it four or five continents get all the way to the end of the panic track, or is it less than I that? I thought it was less than that. I might be less than two, two or, or three. three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if two or three continents get to the end of the panic track, you lose. Not threat, but what is the other one? Let's see, base damage. I'm sure there's one more. It must be. Can't just be two, is it? Maybe. That's the only two ways we lost. Unless there's something about... Once to thread and once to yeah. once to panic, I should say, and once to the base. Unless there's something something like if you can't put any more UFOs out, that could be potentially oh, could be. one. We didn't have that <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so... My satellites were kicking ass. <laughs> so you got your invasion plans. You got some reference cards for each of the roles, so you'll have those handy when you take on a roll. Some reserve cards... Basically, this comes with a lot of cards. Oh, yeah. It's FFG. Yeah. it's Each roll gets a set of cards, and then there is some cards that are off to the side, and then there's, like, mini cards for the alien invasions, which you won't put out all the aliens every time you play, so you'll go through those cards and sort them out and then shuffle your, basically, alien threat deck together. There's some custom dice, which, again, is where you're doing your... They're, they're custom D6s, which is your successes or failures on on missions and other things that you do. And then you always roll the D8 alien threat die as well. comes with a bunch of tokens that you can use. The scientists are tokens. The satellites are tokens. The interceptors. The Lots inter- of little people. Yeah, no, the interceptors are actually miniatures, though. Yeah. I was talking about just the to- the cardboard tokens. Oh, I got you, I got you. Yeah, but but that was my next And then you get some miniatures that come with it, which the interceptors are miniatures, and then all the soldiers are miniatures, and then, you know, and then the UFOs are miniatures as well, little miniatures that you kind of put out. So it comes with a a fair amount of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that, anything you want to add before we move on? No, I think just in the the cost of the plastic and cardboard alone it's it's a good value just just for that all right so we're, we will go on to the components yeah <laughs> well i thought we were already there well we were i I, I, w- I was i was listing them i usually list a bunch of stuff before we okay. get but no you're right but I, I was asking if you had anything to add in general for no. like no. playing I'm and done. all that stuff <laughs> <You're> i'm done, done. <laughs> we've moved on <laughs> i've started talking about components all right so components jordan what'd you think of the components Please see my previous comment. <laughs> All right. No, the components are good. They, they're what they need to be. I mean, none of the models are particularly well detailed, but they're all very visible for what they're supposed to be. And the UFOs look like UFOs, and the interceptors look like the interceptors from the game. And the cardboard is sturdy. The cards themselves, despite being Fantasy Flight small, are, are sturdy. <laughs> oh, and the board yeah. itself is 
I don't know. It looks like it'll hold up to repeated foldings and unfoldings. Yeah. It. I don't know if this needs to be said, because it is a fantasy flight game, but it is a, a table hog. Yeah. Kind of a table hog. We did actually, we did pretty good without having to put the leaf in, I think. It but, was, but it was tight on the ends without it, I think. We might have wanted to expand it out the table. But yeah, every everything that comes with it is solid. It's what you expect. Not all of the cards are mini cards. No, they're enemies and stuff like that, yeah. but there a lot of things are are regular size as well. And and again, component-wise, um the app, we have to talk about the app cuz it's kind of one of the components of of the game. This might bleed into some other things, but the the app seems to be be pretty good. It was they pulled some stuff from the actual game, which was kind of cool. A load screen. A load screen, yeah. <laughs> and uh it it seemed to do a pretty good job. The tutorial seemed to go really well. That kind of stuff. Uh, oh, I recall it going very poorly. <laughs> well, our playthrough, that's a whole different story. But it is, again, I, and you know this too, because you've done some other associated with Fantasy Flight apps as well. They are always battery hogs. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which sucks when you want to play a board game that you have to have an app for. So we played twice. 60 to 90 minutes, battery life, 45 <laughs> yeah. to 60. We played twice on on the battery of my tablet, and we weren't going to get a third in for sure. <laughs> no, not without, plugging, uh, not it without plugging it in. So, you know, you might want to have some juice handy if you're, if you're looking to uh, play extended times. If you lose quickly... Oh yeah, like I mean, us. You mean you're you gonna just, play again? If you just blow it up right away. I mean, you get three, four plays in on on one battery charge. So, I'd be interested to know if the power management for Fantasy Flight games is better on the iOS. Yeah, I don't know. I I just can't. I don't know. I can't see it. I didn't go in and look at any of the settings or stuff. If you, I'm sure you can maybe turn some of that stuff. But well, there even, seems to be so little you could turn off because right. it's all very do it now, do it now, do it now. Right. It's just the, I mean, after a while, that load screen actually gets annoying because it's yes. like, why do I? I just, just like I, the video game. I just said, <clears throat> go to the go to the resolution phase. Don't make me tap something again <laughs> to go to the resolution phase. Go to the phase. resolution phase. Here is a plane. <laughs> Are we going to the resolution phase? Yes. <laughs> so yeah, after a while that gets in there. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there's not a lot that you can kind of turn off. Um, I mean, unless than, you just started messing around with like your your screen brightness or something. But even that, if it's going right. On but for, I think they also have like I don't know if they give you a good way to like turn off the background music and stuff. Cause it, there's always, I mean, my tablet was low anyway, mm-hmm. so we weren't really hearing a lot of it, but there was always music playing, yep. which didn't, you know, okay, fine atmosphere or whatever, but you don't necessarily need that kind Be of Be more stuff. appropriate just to have somebody laughing at you. I yeah. think. <laughs> Suck. How many UFOs are in orbit? <laughs> what do you think those snipers can do? <laughs> so, yeah, but again, overall, I do think this was a good, good for the component side of things. Definitely, um, everything that came with it is what what I would expect from a fantasy flight game, and made sense. And they, you know, they they obviously have the license and the IP, so it's not like we were looking at generic versions of of characters we already know, like some other games that we could mention that have the license but couldn't get the actual images. <laughs> the somewhat 
XCOM board game. <laughs> so, and that, and that aspect, it did really well. All right, so mechanics. What? There's a little bit of area control in this, but I don't think that's the majority. Well, I, I to me, the it's the UFOs versus the interceptors and trying to get the UFO. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. area control against the AI, kind of. But I mean, that is so small. Of what 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 else? I guess would you put into this? It's it's really just resource management. Yeah, more so than anything else. I mean, it's high high resource management. Oh, yeah. I mean, right from the get-go, it's managing the budget. And how are you, like, first turn, are you going to go heavy soldiers or heavy defense or heavy research? You You blow your emergency fund right away. Well, yes, 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 you do. Yes, you do. (laughs) Well, Nate, Nate is here. Hey, Nate. Talking about your favorite-ish game that you played with us recently. <laughs> I'd say it's a resource management more so than anything else. Yeah, I agree. And and very well done. Because like, in the tutorial, we were kind of like, well, let's just see how it goes. And then you found out very quickly that if you just see how it goes, it goes poorly. You have to start <laughs> thinking right away, Yeah, which is hard for me. <laughs> and the other aspects of it, the the research, the military, the space or, or air defense, that all flows from managing your resources properly. Right. And then those all of those pieces have that push your luck element. Yes. Um, which actually I kind of like in this particular instance. In this instance, yes, because it doesn't feel like just zombie dice or something. Yeah. It's there's it, there's a real outcome and it's a real you it, you feel disappointed that you didn't get the positive cuz just like in the video game if you defeat the mission you get more money when you don't defeat the mission you get less <laughs> right yeah and there, i mean there's things like again doing the research where you you can push your luck to a certain point and the to me the overall bad at least on the research side the overall bad for the scientist losing a couple of scientists that wasn't so horrible you know i just gotta replace them next time but i can't use those particular ones again if that happens but on the other end of it you can cut off when you want to mm-hmm. you have the successes that you have they stay and you can come back to it next round it's just taking you longer which you know, that's a detriment in itself if it's something you really need. But You know, I've come back and forth thinking about it because for most of both games, we had two or three research things going all the time with generally at least one scientist at all, all of them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes number two got the shaft quite a lot, but <laughs> it I was just going back and forth. Is it better to be distributed like that or just have, if you're only going to have three scientists, put three on one and try to maximize your research every round? Yeah. Well, and, and that's where, again, some of the conversations were happening around, you know, we've got timed things going off, but during that time thing, it was like, you know, me talking to Nate controlling the soldiers and stuff was like, okay, would it be better for me to research this or this for you this round? Or talking to all of us, like if I had a card that you could use, is it better for you to get that card uh, coming up or still focus on what a soldier needs? Or something for me where I can actually use scrap. Yeah, um, that got really handy when yeah. you had that in place. So, it again, it's having these conversations in a timed element, too. That was really interesting. 
So rules. We're going to talk rules light, I think, here, because again, the app controls all the rules. You don't even get, you don't get a rule book. You get a like four page little thing that gives you what the roles are, what your initial, what the components are, what your initial setup is up until where the app will actually take over and finish setup. <laughs> and then it gives you some, Hey, so you won. Well, we didn't. <laughs> But hey, you'll never read this part of the book. But hey, if you win, would you like to know how well you won? And it gives you like a point based thing where you can try to figure out, you know, we we won kind of. And then it just kind of gives you a set a a diagram of the initial setup up again, up until where the app takes over. So all the rules are within the tutorial. So I did see like there is somewhere out there, there's a print, you can print a version. They did finally have a printed version of a rule book. Uh, I haven't looked at it yet. I don't know why you'd want to do that. Eh, I don't know. Sometimes just to have a physical, know what different things are going to come up. Um, it, well, they're not always going to be in order unless you're no. They're not going to be in order, really, but really to well. know what those things are that are potentially going to come up, I could see it for something like that. I there are times I would no. I deny the value of that. <laughs> All right, fine. So. I guess we're for rules, we're going to talk tutorial. What did you think of the tutorial to give us the rules to play this game? I find it shaming that we got our ass kicked by a tutorial. <laughs> I thought a tutorial was there to ease you into the game successfully, not kick you in the balls and say, now play the I, hard version. I will, I will stand by my statement that if you ever win a co-op on your first play, I think the designer did something wrong. Well, yeah, but there's a difference between your first real play and the tutorial. But in this case, no, apparently not. I think the tutorial did a good job. It led you through every step of every action that each character, and or each class, I should say, character, however, is going to do. It did it fairly well. There was only a couple places where we were like, did we read everything and went back and discovered we could scroll up and down. <laughs> what? Scrolling? <laughs> oh, is that what that bar on the side of the My screen God, means? these guys are advanced. <laughs> they allow scrolling. So as as it's for its job to get you into the game and get you understanding the basic concepts of the game, I think it does a very good job. Because everybody was interactive during the tutorial. All three of us were doing something, and all three of us were learning our, our roles and all three of us were also seeing a little bit of how other people's roles were going, because unlike the proper play, there's enough downtime and pausing to let you see what everybody at the table is doing. Right, and and the tutorial basically stresses that. I mean, it, it doesn't say, do you want to pause this? It pauses, it gives you the full breakdown, and it says, click to continue yep. kind of thing. It's not, a, it's not a, okay, do you think you got it? Okay, go, you know. Until like maybe like I think the second round or something like that, it, it eased up a little bit, but it still kind of did some pauses. It gave and, you the option to pause longer, I think, right. at that point. So I think for this, we'll, I mean, we're talking rules, but this kind of merges into teachability because we all learned it from the app at the same time. I think the app did a really good job of doing that. We were able to take our wounds, lick them, and our, our pride, bury it. And move on to the second game where we played outside of the tutorial and we were able to play it just fine again because the app's pretty much kind of telling you, I mean, it's not giving you the word for word, but once you got used to it in the tutorial, you knew that the you know, one of the first things the researcher is going to do is draw cards. One mm-hmm. of the first things that, you know, the soldiers 
or the the uh, officer is going to do is put out you know missions or something you know whatever when when we saw the titles of the of what the actions were we kind of already knew what was going on and and we saw the you know the countdown going it was at that point more checking to see how much time we had left to do that rather right. than cuz it it becomes very it is very easy to learn your roles. Yeah. <laughs> learn your role. <laughs> know your role, Stay son. In your lane. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, so uh, those two flow in pretty good. I, I will say, well, I'll, I'll say, I'll talk about that later, but yeah, rules and teachability, I think that covers, are both covered by the tutorial and the I think tutorial is a very good thing. And it did a good thing. Skynet. <laughs> All right. So the question, replayability. I'd well, like to go until we we beat it once. Yeah, for for us, replayability is high because <laughs> we haven't won yet. <laughs> we saw we did get to see two different mission types. Mm-hmm. So again, of the five, and there is a expansion out for this now uh, that adds more missions and more things as well. So I think the replayability just kind of went up even, but uh, even off the base game, again, chasing that win <laughs> and it's it's going to be kind of interesting to chase that win from the aspect of i don't remember if it i don't think you can tell the app no i want this mission yes. i want this invasion plan because i think it randomizes it every time you start so you know you're never going to necessarily play the same game twice back to back i mean you're never no. going to play the same game twice anyway you're going to try different things because clearly what you did last time was not successful <laughs> i feel like this is kind of the game where you you're gonna, you're gonna luck into your first win but then something will click and everything that you did successfully will suddenly make sense in a linear manner and then you'll go oh and then you'll be able to plan a little bit better as you go in further wins confidence right there not further games further, further wins. wins nice nice i like it i like where your head's at <laughs> Let's go hit the game table while, while you've got this confident swagger. <laughs> Nate, you got to get here. <laughs> All right. So it's time to talk about theme. So one of the reasons why I wanted to play this with you and Nate was because I know all three of us play XCOM. Nate says he's on his way. He's on his way. Awesome. I don't believe it. In fact, Nate and I had some in-depth XCOM conversations coming back from Protospiel <laughs> or going to one of the two or both. So I knew he was an XCOM player. I know you're an XCOM player. I'm an XCOM player. So when I got the rec- recommendation finally for this game, I've been avoiding this game and uh, got a couple recommendations off of it. And I finally pulled the trigger, found a nice cheap copy. It's like, fine, I'll, tr- I'll do a tablet game. <laughs> you know, one of the things, one of the, the potential draws to put me over the, the fence was it is, it's FFG. I, I come somewhat know what to expect from FFG and the theme. So wh- what do you think? Did it handle the theme well? I'm going to say yes, because it's the FCOM. The FCOM. Well, yes, <laughs> it is that too sometimes. It is the XCOM video game ported to the desktop or tabletop, I should say. Everything that you would expect in that game is there. All the the box art is the backlit troopers the all the imagery from the video game is there whether it's on the tablet or in the minis it's got the map of the world that you learn to hate the theme it it, it just screams xcom and aliens because 
It's XCOM. It's not the XCOM-ish type game. It is XCOM. Just port it to the t- tabletop. Yeah. And a good port. <clears throat> and a good port. Okay. As far as it being XCOM, I, I agree they did a good job with the license and the game they presented. I don't know if this was the game that I thought I wanted. I think in my head, I think more of, I, I would like, I would like them to put out another game. I like this one. I like what it does. I would like them to put out one that is basically ground mission based. Yeah. As you discovered when we were talking the first time, that's, that's what I thought it was. I didn't right. realize it was the very high level. <laughs> yeah. And if they did that, you know, that would be cool too. Yeah. That would be awesome. But I, I did enjoy this game and I think they did a good job with the theme for the game they were trying to put out. Um, I just wish I would love a ground game. I would love for us to get together and so the Vikings. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to bring in? You want to talk about, you know, anything else? I will just throw it in. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have to control myself anymore. I'm doing the editing. It's all myself banging my own head against the wall. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I, they did a good job with the theme. It's a good IP license, which, you know, sometimes can be iffy. But in general, Fantasy Flight has done a pretty good job with their with their IPs that mm-hmm. they've gotten licenses for. So good job on this one as well. Just would love another another game in this universe from them. That one would have way more minis and probably cost more. And you can leave the app out if you want to. <laughs> nice. If you're taking suggestions, I'm just saying. You know, Christian, sure, Christian's Jeff, listening. To Christian right Jaffer, anybody listening? He's one of the Nate. two other listeners elsewhere. Oh, we're down to one elsewhere. <laughs> Sorry, elsewhere that left. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, fun factor slash overall and uh, Nate. While we're talking, feel free to type in a response that Jordan can tell us about as well. So what did you think of this one? You know, fun factor slash overall. You know, overall, I thought it was better than I was expecting. I don't know what your detracting thoughts were before you bought the game, but but, but for me, when it was advertised as one of those players is just the tablet, <laughs> I was like, Rrr. I got over that. I think the tablet does a good job of keeping that player interacting as more than just the tablet because he's doing more than just the tablet. Right. Fun factor, uh, yeah, it's uh, frustrating, but in a good way. <laughs> it's again, it's just like the video game. Oh, things are going well. Things are going. Oh, my balls! <laughs> it's it's that it's that kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, I think the fun factor. If you like the XCOM theme or kind of bug hunts or high-level bug hunts in general, this should be right up your alley. If you like the frustration of timed games, which is something I generally don't like, Mm -hmm. this has a good component, uh, a good addition of that that, uh, mechanic as well. So overall, yeah, I think it's a good, good game. Yeah, I I had a lot of fun with this one. Um, Again, I... For me, one, I'm not really, I wasn't, I wasn't looking to get into any game that required a tablet. In fact, JT and I not too long ago did an episode for the Game Crafter podcast where we talked about how, how we felt about things that tried to incorporate things like tablets and stuff like that. And both of us are kind of like, no, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So in general, it's not something I'm looking for. Nate has agree with Jeff, an okay game, but I didn't think the real time aspect felt like XCOM. 
And also, dice make me angry. <laughs> Loved know, that, when Jordan that... would lock up the tablet at critical moments. <laughs> hey, that's his tablet, not the user. Uh, you know, that that's a good point, too, is the fact that it's a timed game for a real-time strategy game. Yes. So it's like, um, I can go to the bathroom, make a sandwich, come back, and then decide what I want to do in the game. <laughs> Can't do that during this. We had to time... We had to time bathroom breaks at, during the resolution phase. That's the one drawback, it seems to me. I don't know if it's a drawback, but that's the one area where you can kind of game the game a little bit. You know what you've just had. You know whether you've done poorly or not based essentially on how many satellites or how many aliens are left in orbit. So you can kind of game it by, if this is what we get, this is what we're going to do, and have a plan ahead of time. It seems like that takes away from the spirit of what the tablet and and the AI driving the game is supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, um, I had a I had fun with the game. I enjoy the game for what it is. Um, there was something else I thought it was going to maybe be, and it wasn't. But in the end, I ended up enjoying the game. I I'm glad I got the rec. Actually, it was uh, it was Natalie from Hasbro that re- that told me I had to play this, and we started talking about it. And I was like, okay, I'll I'll seek it out. It kind of sounded like something I'd be willing to try out and I'm glad I did. I'm I'm still not, you know, 100% into I mean, if I could play it without the tablet, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but I can't. So that's just something you got to got to deal with. I'll say this tablet implementation is better than Mansions. And Mansions isn't bad, but it's very text-driven because it's a story game. But what they do is and this is really dumb. Instead of telling you what's like, it's a, the room opens and you see candles guttering and in the corner you see a ghoul, put ghoul over here, and you <laughs> must complete a, and instead of saying agility check, it puts the symbol up and it's not reading. You're doing the reading and that's fine. But so you have to go, the dude that was reading it, and it got really irritating because it was just easier to do this than to memorize the checks on the first playthrough. You have to do a, cross check you know so we're doing all these cross all the symbols are mixed up they wouldn't put in the words there's nothing like that in this game everything actually flows through in a logical manner on the tablet unrelated (laughs) so i i would say for the overall i mean if this is something that you've thought about but maybe you've been avoiding it for some reason if you enjoy the XCOM universe all that good stuff definitely check it out again i was hesitant on it and i really enjoyed the game and i'm looking forward to more plays and hopefully a win someday so there you go. That is our game review for XCOM the board game. What we're watching. Sponsored by Stephanie M. Thank you very much, Stephanie. So Stephanie is sponsoring us over on Patreon. Thank you very much, Stephanie. And we're going to talk about what we're watching right now. I've got like four things real quick. I don't think I have much more than that. Go for it. We started watching season four of Orphan Black. We just finished Ep 5 and don't understand why there's two more discs. <laughs> I don't know if you've watched Ep season four yet, but... We have not. I don't know why, but we have not. At, at around Ep 5, everything that you think is going on appears to get wrapped up. And yet there's still like eight more apps. So we're interested to see how that goes. I last season, next season. I, well, That's, depending on how the back half of this season goes, this season might be the last <laughs> season. They, 
They've announced that. No, no. No. Five will be their final season. I deny the existence of that season. <laughs> so Orphan Black, we're liking it so far. It, it really takes it back to the first season when Beth was still alive for that one up. But yeah. Good times. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, everything or about half of what goes on is flashbacks, which I normally hate, but, but they're not just flashbacks. They're video flashbacks. They're watching recordings of Beth doing shenanigans. I find that marginally more palatable than Arrow. <laughs> what else? We went to see nothing. We saw nothing since the last time we recorded. And we watched Secret Life of Pets on DVD, which was very funny. I haven't seen it yet. I'm trying to think Megan went and saw it. No, that was one that was high on her list. All right. Still power watching the Goldbergs. Still enjoying it. We're watching Superstore. You watch that at all? Mm-mm. Another comedy. It's basically, you know, like big, big store retail, you know, basically yeah, like your Walmart kind yeah. of thing or whatever. We enjoy that one. And I think Megan enjoys it way too much because she comes from a whole family of retail workers, you know. Her her brother manages a Home Depot. Her mom still works and or manages or helps out in some store. And her, I mean, it's just a whole line of it. So you know all of the uh, not only employee but customer shenanigans. If you're used to that sort of thing, just started again. Started where I left off. I picked back up on the hundred. So I'm still in the first season oh, yeah. of that. I think I'm towards the end of the first season now. But I had started watching that a while ago, got a few, and then just got off it for a while. So I just picked that up here recently again. Not too bad, you know, for what it is. You know, beautiful young kid show. You know, this the whole very CW like. <laughs> and then I watched. I watched the OA. Have you watched the OA? Couple people have told me I should, but I don't necessarily trust them. The premise, or at least the blurb on Netflix, says to me, no. Yeah, I watched it because a lot of people were kind of hyping it, and I've seen a few people try to hype it over Stranger Things, which I was okay with. I didn't think Stranger Things was as great as everybody else seems to think it was. You shut your whore mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we stopped recording. (laughs) I couldn't take the abuse no more. (laughs) Flashback. PTSD. (laughs) <laughs> so I watched the OA and it's to me it was okay at best. Very drawn out in the beginning. It is a slow burn, which, you know, I I can go either way on. I like a good slow burn, but it's got to be done well. This was moderately okay. I I was all right with it, but I the it did not pay off for me. The the ending of it just kind of made all of it okay at best. I mean, uh, and it's only eight episodes, so <laughs> to not be able to tell a tight story and pay off in eight episodes kind of bugs me. I'm sure it'll get a season two. Don't know why. Don't know what they'll do. Whatever. <clears throat> but- OB. <laughs> they got 26 seasons <laughs> planned. Yeah. So, yeah. it's yeah. And the last one is going to be a crossover. Oz. As I say, yeah. <laughs> last one. Takes us back to HBO. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I it a lot of people seem to enjoy it. It really did not pay off for me. I 
I'm not going to say I'm like completely upset I watched it, but I did. I think I wasted some time. You didn't flip the table when you got <laughs> I done. Didn't, I didn't flip the table. I didn't throw my tablet. I didn't do anything like that. So. It's slow burn, you know, so it is good, it's a good wind down for when you're trying to sleep. <laughs> uh, Nate says, Rogue One, Doc Strange, or was that covered in the first 45 minutes? No, that wasn't the first 45 minutes, but that was also last year, and we've already <laughs> recorded once this year. No, but if you'd like Rogue One, I thought was mediocre and wish I had waited for DVD. Doc Strange, I really liked. Rogue One, we enjoyed generally, but uh, we did not need the tour guide of the galaxy at the very beginning. And I have not seen Doctor Strange, even though I tried to several times that one. But we had Take we the had, blotter with you and lick it, and it'll be a much better movie. <laughs> we had to see Rogue One in the theater. So I give Megan shit all the time about us. Oh, so... I didn't get to see the Marvel movie, you know, my Marvel movie in the theater, but we had to see Rogue One in the theater. What we're reading slash listening to, sponsored by Gene P. Thank you very much, Gene, for sponsoring us over on Patreon and letting us talk about what we're reading and listening to. What are you giggling about now? Are we still our one follower on Google Plus? Yeah, our one follower on Google Plus. <laughs> I don't know. Mike, though, goes back and forth. Sometimes he's he comments on things. So we might have two followers on Google Plus. Nate says, Rogue One, how in the hell can Leah claim that he misspelled there? How in the hell can Leah claim they're on a diplomatic mission in Ep4 after that? Well, let's not talk about all the ways the movie falls apart. <laughs> That's... Gotta go later. Well, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> wow. He did not like your response. <laughs> wow. I've, I've never forced. No, actually, I've done that before. So. Where were we? Reading. Reading. Listening. Yeah. I just finished a book called The Last Tribe, which is post-apocalypse, but the apocalypse is just an unnamed disease that killed everybody in about three weeks. It's very much... Did you ever read um, On the Beach? Neville nope. Shoot? It was nope. high school reading for us. So it's it's very much on the beach for those that have read it. It's There's no drama because it's the story of people surviving after. There's very little of this is... There's some of it, but there's very little of this is how I survived. And there There's some stories of how they dealt with the immediate after effects of seeing like entire families die or, you know, realizing that they're the only person left in a 10 story apartment building. There's some of that, but it's all very much how this one particular family gets together, gathers up a few extra people and decides how they, this last tribe now are going to try to put themselves back together after the apocalypse. But it's laid out very well that they're going to fail. Because, or their success will mean nothing, I suppose, because there's nobody left. There's very few people. It's not like there's the population footprint to repopulate. It's just people are going to die and that's it. And no matter how many people have kids, the gene pool just isn't there. So it's stories and it's not high drama, but it's very enjoyable. But, and like I just put this in my Goodreads review there was just something wrong about it. I I don't know what it was, but right from page one, it was like, eh. <laughs> nothing, 
that made me go, I'm going to stop reading this. But even as I got to the end, there was an unidentifiable wrongness. Still enjoyed it. Gave it three stars. Currently reading... Um, currently reading... I will edit that out. <laughs> London Falling, the Shadow Police Book One, which came up as an urban fantasy recommendation, and it's taken apparently five chapters to get to that point. Starts, it's in England, and it's the, the cops doing an investigation into an organized crime family. And it's all very normal. For the first five chapters, it's all very normal. And then literally all the blood comes shooting out of a dude's body and he dies. Surprise, right? You lose all your blood. Um, and that's the first time it took a supernatural bent. So I was kind of happy about that because after five chapters, I was like, this is just a bad crime novel. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give it five more chapters and see how that goes. And I've been listening to quite a lot of podcasts over the holidays just because I wasn't in the mood to sit down and start any books or anything like that so i've been listening a lot to uh cthulhu and friends i think i mentioned that before it's a uh, uh i think well they might be up to seventh ed now since the kickstarter shipped last year but uh, i don't think they've ever defined what edition they're on campaign podcast which is a star wars live play and hello from the magic tavern i think i might have mentioned that the last time we were on that's also uh it's a fun little fantasy type thing it's it's a dude from chicago if i had didn't mention it before it's a dude from chicago he falls through a wormhole behind a burger king with his car apparently he drove through it and in his car he had all his podcasting gear for some reason just carrying <laughs> that around with him and he gets this small little wi-fi signal through the wormhole so he's able to upload this podcast and the premise is that and he interviews a new person every week or there's some recurring characters at the Magic Tavern in the Land of Foon. It's funny. It's simple. It's a half hour, and it's just, it's really just a little rapid fire interview thing, but it's fantastic characters from a fantasy world. And of course, they're always offended when he says that because to them, it's just the world. <laughs> I recommend it. It's funny. And that's really all I've been reading and listening to. All right. I am behind on my podcast again. So, <laughs> in fact, I think I ended up. I having to delete a bunch because I was like, I'm never going to get through this list. Um, <clears throat> and I haven't read a lot since last time. You know, like last time I said I finally got the Walking Dead read. Um, but I've been reading, surprise, surprise, voiceover scripts. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> um, I thought instead of just saying generic, you know, because sometimes I know like uh, Michael say he hasn't heard anything what I'm doing or... Uh, a lot of people kind of get a glamorized view of what it means that I'm doing voiceover. Uh, I'm I'm not, you know, out doing video games. Well, I've done some video game stuff. But and now if you highlight this, you will get the marching ants that will indicate that yeah. you. <laughs> so um, I just grabbed some of the last few things that I've done here. So I did a voiceover for a grill company. It was four and a half minute, minutes of talking about different aspects of grills. Is it Weber? It is not. It's a new company that's starting up. Uh, so they needed this for their website. I just recently did a pitch for a pay-to-take surveys company. <laughs> I did an insp inspirational voiceover for a video. Uh, what? Yeah. I can do a that. what? <laughs> and 
I did a scientific technical presentation that was a lot of stuff I don't understand what I read and had to look up a lot of pronunciations, but got her done. My ironclad alibi lets me know that. And I did a uh, radio ad for what I'm assuming is like a public radio station. It was one of those a company sponsoring. We're honoring the troop, the military troops sponsored by this company. Come buy our stuff. <laughs> oh, maybe we should do our uh, NPR app sometime. There you go. Yeah. I did get the script for my next script for the Halo Machinima series that I'm voicing on, and I get get a lot more. I've been in that series. I keep kind of showing up almost either at the very beginning, like a splash beginning, or a splash end for the next episode, and then I'm either not in the next episode or something like that, because he's building up to where my character comes in. So apparently this is where my character comes in, because I got several pages of dialogue that I have to do this time. So where everything else, I'm like, oh, new script. Oh, two lines. <laughs> I can get that out pretty quick. This one, I've got a couple pages, so. That's uh, that's what I've been reading. What we're playing, sponsored by Michael Mendez. Thank you very much, Michael, for sponsoring us over on Patreon, so we can talk about some of the games we play or the lack thereof. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go? Wanna I'll go, go first. Sure. I got in a mega battle of Star Trek Attack Wing last weekend. It was a four-player game, two teams. Federation was dominant against the Romulans, as it should be. We undressed them pretty pretty easily after the first couple rounds. Second round, everybody was close enough to shoot, and six ships shot at two ships, and we did absolutely no damage. And so we sat there, and we kind of looked at each other, my, me and my partner, and was like, this isn't going to go well, because now they can shoot, too. <laughs> But as it turns out, things went really well. Let's see what else. Got a, gotten in two or three games of Blood Bowl, enough that I have finally bought my own copy so that I can paint up the human team like the New England Patriots. That's really my motivation for buying the own copy. I played um, Blood Bowl 2. I got it on uh, during the sale mm -hmm. on Xbox One. So I played a little bit of it, but I haven't really gotten into it very much. No, I meant the mini. No, I, I know okay. you did. But, gotcha. Because I, I figured once you said you bought your own copy and yeah. needed to paint. Yeah. <laughs> I, I put it all on but the screen. But that, that's the, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Everything looks like the Patriots now. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> As it should. <laughs> but no, you mentioned it. It was just like, I, I thought about it. Like, I haven't, I haven't played it much, but I, I did get like a ton of games during the holiday sale mm -hmm. <laughs> that were like super cheap. And that was one of them. As with last time, a lot of Call of Duty. I had one of my best games ever uh, today, and I I finished in the middle of the pack, but it was really good because I inadvertently started a fight between two dudes. Neither one of them had been mic'd up in the previous game, and one dude was, he must have had uh, a mission to complete or something, or maybe he was just working on sniper kills or something. I don't know. Because he was just corner camping hard, as far away from where all the action happens, and he was just killing people. And normally that's not going to get you the win. So when the game ended and he was the winner, I was like, wow, you won just in that corner? That was pretty impressive. And then the next game started, and 
he was mic'd up. He had turned on his mic at that point. And uh, the other guy who apparently, I guess, got worked really hard by the sniper, he turned on his mic and said, well, I know this map, so you're either going to be here or here. And then it was just immediate smackdown. These two just went off on each other. Go, 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 go. And I felt really good about kind of instigating that with my, it's just a passing comment because I didn't even mean it snarky. I know, right? It was like, it was a real compliment. And, um, and then I shut down the room too for a good 15 seconds because the, the dude was like the one dude that was just trying to drop bombs on this guy. He was like, Man, you're so bad. All you do is just eat butts every day. So I said, have you seen my wife's butt? I would eat that every day. And then it was, everybody stopped talking for about 10, 15 seconds. And then the guy was like, let me clarify. I meant men's butts. <laughs> and then the smack continued. And I debated, but I didn't. Um, I finished. I couldn't even play. I would just pop and do, I would spawn and find my nearest corner and crouch down and listen to these guys rail on each other. It was hilarious. It was like, I don't know, a Mitchell and Webb sketch. It was just that good. And then on the tablet, I heard about this game called Mini Metro or Micro Metro. Uh, they were talking about it on the last D6G app. So I gave that a shot. And it's, it's just a little subway building app. It gives you three cities that you start with, like New York, Berlin, and paris or something like that or maybe it's london and you have to reach a point milestone to unlock unlock further cities and it's it just starts off and you have three locations it always starts with three locations a triangle square and a circle it's it's really sid meyer's railroad tycoon only with subways because at the square it'll pop up somebody wants to go to a triangle so you got to build your route to get everybody around and get everybody moving. And you can have, you start with three trains and up to three lines. So, and it's balancing, you know, making one really long line, having multiple short lines. And then, of course, there's tunnels because every map has uh, water you got to go under. And then there's little things that come up. At the end of every week, you get a new train and then you might get a carriage or an interchange station or a new route or more tunnels, stuff like that. So you always get a train, and then you get something else that will help you somehow, but you have a choice of two, and you have to pick one. Invariably, I pick the wrong one. <laughs> Everything looks good until Sunday at midnight, and then I pick the wrong thing. Sounds it's... like sounds like XCOM. <laughs> and which then one the of aliens these, come Which down. one of these things, <laughs> these three things, are you going to um, pick to not happen? Because the other two are... That, that always drives me. Yeah. Anyway, it, so it's, it's a really simple game, because it's just... Drag and drop your finger around to change your routes. There's a hardcore version, which I haven't played, where once the route is in place, you can't move it. I played the easy level where even if you've got like a triangle going and a city pops up over here, you just stretch your track. It's it's either Mini Metro or Micro Metro. I think Mini Metro sounds right. It's on the Android store. It's only it's only four ninety nine, and in the week that I've had it, I feel like I've gotten way more than five ducks. Well, five ducks and five bucks value out of it. <laughs> That's it. All right. Um, let's see. Tabletop wise, we played Orphan Black, the card game. Oh, I forgot about that. We played Archer Love Letter, as mentioned earlier. If that stays in. <laughs> no, uh, I guess it has to in this section. 
Well, this section I can stay in, yeah. So that's pretty much all I got to play tabletop-wise. Um, Megan and I are planning to play, um, well, hopefully we'll play this weekend. Uh, I got her the, that Hogwarts Battle or whatever, mm-hmm. cooperative deck builder. So I got her that for Christmas. We might try it out this weekend, so we'll see. Other than that, still playing Shop Heroes, playing the heck out of Shop Heroes. And by playing the heck out of Shop Heroes, I mean I'm at a point now where anything I do in it sets hour timer, hour plus timers, mm-hmm. so I don't have to come back for like an hour. So <laughs> I'm going to upgrade this. See you tomorrow. <sighs> yeah, my upgrades are up to a day now. I'll, I got almost every, uh, all of the the uh, work work benches are a day plus to upgrade now, and some of my resource stuff is like eight to sixteen hours. So. Yep. So that one's just like, doo, doo, doo. okay, I'll be back in one. <laughs> Except for, um, well, even the, like the raid stuff, they do uh, city raids starting Thursday through like Sunday morning or whatever. But even that, the raids usually take an hour or more when you send them out. And then there's like a half hour or so cool down or whatever, depending and before you can send them back out. So it's just like, and I've got a couple of my quest slots upgraded where, cause you, you know, you quest and then, once you come back and release them, that's when the, the cooldown timer happens. Well, my quest slots that I use for that have, they start cooling down as soon as they pop, as soon as they're done, because they're in those slots. So again, yes, by the time I get back to it, they're ready to go back out and then I, I take off. So I'm enjoying that still. Shop Heroes is a lot of fun. And then I've been playing, like I said, I bought a bunch of games for cheap the last couple, like, Christmas and on. I think I don't know if they're still going on. They might have just recently finished, but Xbox One had a bunch of sales for a lot of different things. And the one I'm playing right now is Watch Dogs 2. I enjoyed Watch Dogs. I know it kind of got from what I I never knew this at the time because I really enjoyed the game. I there, I've still got some downloadable content I got to go back and do, but it's got kind of mixed. But I like and what I'm seeing is a lot of people that didn't like Watch Dogs likes Watch Dogs 2, which is interesting. Which, why would you come back if you hated the first game? But whatever. Because <laughs> it's 2. Yeah. But I'm, I'm enjoying playing it. It's it's taken me a little bit to get kind of back into it. Because it's been a while since I played the first one. But one of the things I like about this is it's almost like a modern day. I'm almost a modern day rigger. Mm-hmm. Because I got a drone. Uh, I, I get a, a quadcopter, a drone. And then I get a little land drone. So depending on what I want to send out and all that kind of stuff, and they, and I can hack through them and stuff like that. You can hack vehicles. One of my favorite things to do is from the side when a cop car comes by, I've got the thing now where I can hack and make it go in a different direction if I want to. <laughs> so I either the car in front of it, I either back up into the cop car or I make the cop car run off onto the street or Different things like that. And I can control different things and stuff now. So it's, I, it's, it's very much a rigor feel to me, which I like. So I don't do a lot of driving. But are you a dwarf? Not a dwarf though. Uh, I don't do a lot of driving around. I do every once in a while, but cause it has a lot of fast travel stuff. Mm-hmm. So like any of the shops you can fast travel to. So if I'm like got a mission and it's like a block away from a, <laughs> you know, so unless the mission is specifically driving, or I just, there's nothing near it, or I just feel like being in a car for a while. I just usually fast travel everything and, and. Rolling in my 5.0 with the ragtop. <laughs> well, the, one of the nice things too about, so I fast travel, and even if it's, you know, relatively near it, 
I also unlocked the thing where it highlights people walking on the street that have a lot of money that I can hack. So it's like somebody gets a blue square on them. I'm hacking that fool. I get some money. <laughs> I got more money than I know what to do with, but it's still fun. It's like, oh, I'm hacking you. And this time around, they, they let you hack into like the ATMs. There's like this side mission to hack ATMs and, and mess with people using ATMs. I find it questionable the way they messed with some of the people, though, that this hacker group would have done it that way, but whatever. Because, you know, like the investment banker comes in and they give them extra cash. I don't think so. You know, that kind of thing. But then the, the soccer mom, they, like, close her account down or give her a different currency or something like that. It's like, we just could, we've just made this, you know, that blah, blah. And it's like, I've lost all my money. Clearly not anonymous. <laughs> So there were some questionable things in that, but it was just like, those are the kind of things I liked about the first one where you had all these weird hacks that you got to do and you actually kind of looked in on on places and people and stuff. And one of them, and every once in a while, the old one, you would get like, like Aisha Taylor, uh, Tyler did one. Like she, what a voice or, or a well, it was like her. She was, I think she, if I remember right, she was actually being her. Oh, okay. so it was her character, and you were like looking at her apartment while she was talking on the phone or something like that, nice. going off on somebody. So little things like that, and I haven't found that yet here, but there's little things that kind of remind me of stuff like that in here. So I'm enjoying it. Watch Dogs too. I, I'm having fun with it. I'm so far into side missions and collectibles that I haven't done the main stuff in quite a while. <laughs> so that's what I'm playing, and then when I'm not playing that, Megan's playing Mafia Three. <laughs> All right. So that will bring us to the end of another episode, I think. That sounds like it. Yeah. I uh, I don't have a lot for the end here to wrap up. Thank you, uh, Nate, for hanging out with us on Mixler while you were there. Nate and one to two elsewhere. <laughs> and the and our elsewheres, yeah. It's always good to see numbers and people and get some interaction when we're, we're live. Yep. Feel well, a little bit of validation. It was only Nate, <laughs> so not a lot of validation, but a little bit. But yeah, just uh, remember you can join us over on Mixler. And so we had a bunch of people sign up last uh, last time we recorded to follow us, and you'll get like an email when we go live. But every other Tuesday at six p.m., you should be able to find us. Uh, we did send out a little tweet this time around when we were live, so you can see that too. But you know, we're back. It's a new year. Woo-hoo! Thank you for hanging out with us. And I'm Jeff King. And I'm the Canadian. Thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Geeky Voyage, a geek and pop culture blog that explores a variety of fandoms and many pop culture favorites from film, television, music, and various other topics with liberal doses of humor, quirky musings, and heavy fangirling thrown in. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com. Get the end.